The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast are presented by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently early Sunday morning, April 16th. And I'm Rose, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a short one. There's only one match to go through because it is time to go through the men's final in Monte Carlo. Should be a fun one between Rune and Rublev, but... Before I get into the preview, do want to recap how we did on yesterday's episode. And we did very, very well. We ended up sweeping. We ended up winning the lock and the dog. We had the over 22 and a half games at minus 117 in the Fritz Rublev match as the lock. And that got there as the match ended up going three sets. And for the dog, ended up going with Sinner and Rune over two and a half sets at plus 130. And that got there as well. Second set was a bit of a doozy because Rune was in cruise control, and then he kind of fell apart there at the end of the second set, but then he ended up breaking center again after he choked the break lead that he had previously, and he ended up winning the second set 7-5 and eventually won the match. So it was kind of funny with the dog because if you remember yesterday's episode, I was torn between three choices. I was torn between Rune plus the two and a half games at even money. I was torn between Rune money line, and I was also torn between the sets. And it's kind of funny in hindsight because all three of those plays won. So I was kind of stressing out over nothing in hindsight. But still, nice win. Take the sweep to the bank and hopefully we'll sweep again here on Sunday. But before we get into the odds, I do want to recap my takeaways from each of those matches. The Rublev and Fritz match was really a story of who can hold serve first. The first set was absolutely wild because nobody could hold serve and it turned into an absolute circus. So Rublev ended up Facing four break points, he saved none of them. He went 0 for 4, so he got broken four times in the first set. And Fritz got broken uh, three times in the first set, and then Fritz ended up winning 7-5 in the first set. And then Rublev kind of took over the match from there as Rublev really settled in with the serve, and he did not get broken for the entire second set, and then he got broken one time in the third. But Fritz was really struggling to defend a serve as he ended up facing an insane 21 break points, and he ended up saving 13 of them. But that means Rublev broke him eight times. Fritz was really not good with the first serve percentage in the entire match. Fritz's first serve percentage was only 49%. Now, the weather in Monte Carlo wasn't great yesterday. There were a couple of weather delays with, with regard to rain. bit windy as well. So Fritz ended up struggling with those conditions and Rublev warmed down in what was a very fun match. And then you had the late match between Rune and Sinner. And I'm not really sure what to describe it as because both players just seemed like they didn't want to win the match. They both kept getting good opportunities. Love 30, 15, 30, where it looked like they were going to end up breaking. And then they would just fall apart. And it seemed like Rune and Sinner both had different spots in the match where they couldn't hit a shot in play and the unforced error count was crazy. Sinner kept struggling with, to deal with Rune's drop shots the entire match as uh, Sinner kept trying to do that little bunt, like check swing shot where he would try to hit it down the line or hit a counter drop shot to Rune's drop shot. And it seemed like he missed every time he tried it. And Rune eventually warmed down. He had a little bit of an altercation there with the audience or the fans as they were pretty heavily of rooting for the Italian. And that was something I noticed earlier in the event. Berrettini was playing against Sarundolo, 
in a match they, that he won. In fact, it was the last, the last match he played because he ended up withdrawing from the event right after it. But in that match, the crowd was pretty heavy on Berrettini. And I was wondering if there were just a bunch of Italians in, in attendance. And apparently there were because the crowd was all over Sinner and Rune took the villain role to heart, I guess, and ended up winning the match, but did have a couple of moments with the crowd where he was signaling to be quiet to them and, you know, that kind of thing. So Rune got it done. Sinner, I was a bit disappointed by his overall showing. It seemed like he had a lot of opportunities to take the match over, and he just didn't do it. And every time he seemed to have an opportunity to give Rune serious trouble and potentially break, he just couldn't convert. And Rune was the same way, don't get me wrong. Rune also had a bunch of breakpoint chances in the third set and couldn't exactly convert that much. He had six breakpoint chances, center at zero. So Rune did a good job of holding. But once again, the zero breakpoint's a little bit misleading because center had a couple of 15-30 games and love 30 games, and after that, Rune took over and got back on track. But center did struggle to... Uh, really defend his service games easily, but he got through it for most of the set, and then eventually Rune broke through in the 5-6 game with center serving, and then Rune ended up breaking him to win the match. So, very fun match. I'm still shocked center was that big of a favorite, uh, just based on how good Rune is on clay, and it worked out well for us. Hopefully you tailed, and hopefully you also won with me. So, besides that, though, my overall takeaway is was that Rune won the match, but it looked like nobody wanted it. It was really just a crazy, unpredictable match, which is ironic because there was only one break of serve in the entire third set, but it felt like there was going to be a break of serve every game. And the Rublev match was just a story of Rublev eventually wearing down Fritz, got the serve under control, and Rublev has looked really good in this event. But anyway, time to transition over to the actual men's final. I said it was going to be a short podcast, and I intend on keeping it that way. So starting off with the odds here, Rune, pretty hefty favorite, minus 205 on the money line. Rublev is plus 175 on the money line the other way. As for games, it is plus 2.5 for Rublev at minus 105, and minus 2.5 for Rune at minus 115. As for the over-under, 22.5, over is minus 120, under is even money. If you want an alt one, you can get 21.5, the over is minus 150, the under is plus 120, and the other way around, 23.5 is over minus 105, under is minus 125. If you want to take the match to go three, that is plus 120. Rune to win in straight sets is plus uh, 145, and Rublev to win in straight sets is plus 325. If you want to go through the aces and breaks and double faults, 7.5 combined over under is uh, 115 both ways. As for aces, 3.5 for each player, 110 on the over for Rublev, 120 on the under for Rublev, and Rune over is minus 120, and under is minus 110. Breaks of serve combined, you have 4.5 over, at minus 160, combined under is plus 130. Rublev to break Rune serve three times is plus 130. To break him two times or less is minus 160. And Rune to break three times is minus 180. And for him to break Rublev serve less than three times is plus 150. Double faults, five and a half. Under is minus 125. Over is minus 105. Rublev over two and a half double faults is plus 135. Under is minus 165. And Rune double faults. Over three and a half is plus 135, and the under is minus 165. So first things first, based on how this tournament has gone, I have to do the simple research of looking up the weather. Overall, not bad. It's supposed to be around 56 and sunny, so 
rain should not be a concern. You're looking at wind roughly seven to eight miles per hour, which isn't exactly that bad either. So keep an eye on it. I'm not sure which direction it's going to uh, come in based on where the court's located, but still the weather should be fine and hopefully it stays that way. But to go through the actual match itself, uh, first things first, I'll go through the head to head actually. So these players actually just face off against each other in Australia, uh, but this is the third career meeting. First meeting was in 2022. Uh, Rune did win in Paris, won that one six four seven five. They faced off in Australia, and Rublev won that crazy round of 16 match in five sets, where Rune completely choked away the third set, uh, the uh, fifth set, and he also choked away the super breaker, and eventually lost that one eleven to nine in the. Uh, sorry, it was, it was eleven to nine. Yeah, it was. I think it was eleven to nine in the in the super breaker. But the point is. These guys, when they face off against each other, the matches tend to be competitive. Those were on hard court, though. This is clay, and I think Rune is the better clay player than Rublev. However, Rublev is no slouch on the clay, and he's proven it in this event. So I do think Rublev can hold his own, and I think you should see another competitive battle between these two players, especially with the emotional, let's just say, instability of both players. Rune, we know, can be a head case, and a lot of people on tour don't like him because people think he's a bit of a diva. Rublev is a guy who everybody likes, except for the fact that in actual matches, he can go for broke and his strokes can occasionally self-destruct, and that could be an issue in itself. But to go through the actual path of both players, Rublev ended up beating Munar in three in the first round, beat Kakadov in straight sets, beat Skruf in straight sets, and beat Fritz in three. As for Rune, ended up beating Team, had a walkover against Berrettini, beat Medvedev, and beat Sinner in three. So I would say that Rune has looked like the better player in this event, but I think it's close. Like, I don't think it's that big of a margin between these guys. So even though I think Rune should be favored in this match, it's the same logic I had with the Rune match yesterday against Sinner, except in this case, Rune is the pretty heavy favorite. I couldn't understand why Rune was that big of a dog against Sinner because of the fact that he's playing in good form. And most matches in this event have been kind of nuts. There's been a lot of marathon matches here. I think Rune being minus 205 is ridiculous. From what I saw in that Sinner match, Rune is very capable of imploding at any time. And I do think that Rublev has the firepower to really make life difficult for Rune to keep Rune defensive. And I do think if Rune is not able to get into some attacking positions with the drop shot, I think Rublev could really dictate a lot of these points, which gives him some value. So I think Rune on the money line should be around minus 140, minus 150. And I think Rublev should be like plus 125, give or take. But minus 205 and plus 175 is absurd to me. I have to go with Rublev here just for value alone. You can argue, well, if you think Rune is going to win the match, then Rublev has no value. I disagree with that. I think based on the probability, if you want to convert to the odds to probability, I think the odds are suggesting that Rune wins this match more often than he actually does. So I think for value alone, I have to go with Rublev. I think that this price is really insane, and I think you're getting a decent amount of value taking Rublev. Plus, Rublev had the earlier match, so you can argue at a couple extra hours of rest. It's hours. I'm grasping at straws for arguments, but the point is, I think these guys are going to have a battle, and I think you're going to end up seeing a marathon match. So if that's the case... I'm going to take the plus 175 in what I think could be a bit of a coin flip. Now, as for the games, I'm a little bit torn on where I'm going to go with this one because I can see a world where Rune wins a set like 6-2 and Rublev wins a tiebreaker and a couple of marathon sets, and then you end up losing the games despite winning the match, which could be really annoying. So I think for the games, I'm going to stay away. Not really sold in anything there. 
As for the total, I like the over. The problem is when you're looking at the actual lines here, 120 on the two and a half sets, I think is still a little bit low to me, but I think this match probably does go three is exactly what I said in the Fritz match. That was extremely low for three sets, and I said I like the over in games at plus 105 instead, and of course, it went three sets and both won anyway. But 23 and a half games is minus 105, so there is a 25-cent differential there compared to the borderline 15-cent differential of that Fritz match yesterday. But I think for this case, I'm just going to lean to the over. I think you're going to see a bit of a marathon match. Maybe you see a bunch of breaks like the Fritz first set against Rublev and it ends up 7-5 or 7-6 anyway. But I like the over. I think you'll see a competitive match. And I do think it will be really, really entertaining for this two-plus hour affair. Now, as for the actual props, my favorite prop in this is probably going to be the breaks of serve. Rublev two and a half breaks of serve at plus 130. I think it's an absolute bargain. Fritz is a very good server. I know it was on clay, but still, I mentioned the Rublev return stats in that uh, Fritz match earlier in the podcast, but I'll mention them again. Uh, but looking at the numbers here, Fritz was constantly battling to hold serve, and Rublev broke him four times in the first set alone, and he kept it rolling for every other set. But you're going through the lo- the numbers here, and Fritz ended up getting broken eight times, and he ended up having to face 21 breakpoints. I'm just saying, if you get 21 breakpoints against Fritz and your line is two and a half against Rune, and Rune has some double fault issues at times, he's an okay server. It's mostly because of the fact that he can rally on clay, and I guess they're daring Rublev to actually hit past him. But two and a half in a tournament that's been an absolute breakfest at plus 130, I think is a hell of a deal. I also like the over in total breaks at four and a half at minus 160. I wish it was minus 140 instead of minus 160, but I still like the over. I think you'll see several breaks in each set of this match. And I also think it goes three. So you have a decent amount of extra service games there. But I do think for value on the prop market, I'm not taking the over in aces. You've barely seen any aces in this event. So I would lean to the under on those, and I also would go with Rublev over and breaks of serve at plus 130 for two and a half, because I think that is an insane price against Rune. And Rune, despite holding against Sinner in that match yesterday, Sinner did threaten in a decent amount of those service games. So I do think that Rune's serve is more vulnerable than maybe the stats suggest because of how many holes he had to dig himself out of before facing uh, an official break point. But I do want to pull up the stats here for Rune's service numbers against uh, Sinner. So let me just pull this up quickly. So he ended up hit, uh, landing 65% of his first serves, which is fine. Won 68% of his first serve points, ended up winning six, uh, 53% of his second serve points, but he did face seven break points. And now he fought all four of them, but that means that Sinner broke him three times, and you can get Rublev to break him three times at plus 130. So... Yeah, that kind of just goes to, to what I just said. I like the over for Rublev breaks there at 130. That should be closer to like even money or maybe minus 105 based on how many breaks we've seen in Monte Carlo. But anyway, uh, for the sake of this match, I think the value is on Rublev, and I think there's value on the over, and I'm going to lean to the under in total aces at 7.5, and, and I'll also lean to the over and a total breaks of serve at minus 160. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the actual breakdown. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. But before we get into that, kind of a quick word from our sponsor. 
We're brought to you by Shady Ray. Shady Ray is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pairs that we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Ray also offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses, right? Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after purchase. And on top of that, they have a great deal for you right now, exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Make sure to check out our NBA Playoff Survivor Challenge. Completely free to enter, and the winner gets $250 cash and a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they're also doing best ball drafts already for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for an 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. I believe uh, last time I ended up making an announcement regarding the odds for the lock and dog, the maximum threshold, so to speak, for the lock. I did it a couple of months ago. I believe I said the maximum line I'd give out would be like minus 160, minus 165. So segue, segueing into the actual lock and dog picks for the show, I'm going to go with the over four and a half breaks of serve combined at minus 160 as the lock. I know it's juicy, but from what I've seen in this event and the overall lack of aces and lack of comfortable holds for players all across this event, I think you're going to see a lot of breaks. And you saw nine breaks of serve in the first set between Fritz and Rublev. You saw Rune and Sinner both have a lot of success with each other's return games early on. They didn't convert a decent amount of breakpoint chances, but we saw each player get deep into the opponent's service games, and Rublev has looked sharp. Once again, he ended up forcing Fritz to deal with uh, 20-plus breakpoints. I think you're going to see a lot of breaks here, and I do think you're going to end up seeing a lot of opportunities for breakpoints. Now, hopefully... For this match, Rune and Rublev do a good job of converting those. But I do think for the sake of the general theme of this event and how the clay at Monte Carlo is played, it's been very slow. There's been a bunch of breaks. I'll back that trend. Give me the over four and a half combined breaks of serve at minus 160 as my lock. And for my dog, I was going to go Rublev money line. Uh, you know what? I'm tempted by the Rublev breaks, but I kind of just indirectly gave that out for the actual lock. But I really do like that plus 130 for Rublev breaks. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Rublev to win the match at plus 175. Now, I do think there is a chance that you could hedge this mid-match and get a decent live uh, middle, or at least a guaranteed profit, I should say, if you want to eject before the end of the match. But it's mostly a value play. I think 175 is an absurd price. I think Rune, once again, should be like minus 150. We just saw Rublev beat Rune a couple of months ago in Australia. Different surface, but it was a very competitive match, and Rublev performed better in the high-pressure moments than Rune did. But I think based on Rublev's really solid return games in Monte Carlo, 
I think he's very dangerous, and I do think in what should be a competitive match, I think 175 is a bargain, so I'm going to take the dog as a pure value play at 175. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be over four and a half combined breaks in the Rublev-Rune match at minus 160, and my dog will be Rublev Moneyline at plus 175. But if you want to play it safer and you personally are afraid of taking that, you can still take Rublev breaks of serve over two and a half at plus 130. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. You can also find me on the NBA show. I will not be on the Sunday episode. I will be back next week for that. And besides that, I do want to quickly discuss the schedule for the ATP. You have three events next week, all on clay. You have a 500 event taking place in Barcelona. You have a matchup taking place in Munich, Germany, and you also have an event taking place in Bosnia. Now, the two events in Munich and in Bosnia are both 250s, so expect the Barcelona field to be a lot stronger than the other two, which could be a good thing. In fact, it might be the best of things because you get a balance between a very star st- a star-studded field in Barcelona and then you have a bunch of smaller fields where a long shot could win, and you might be able to get yourself a very nice 20 or 30 to 1 long shot who maybe wins the whole thing for you. So expect to see another episode uh, within the next day or two going through all three of these tournaments. I'll try to I'll try to break it all down into one episode, and I'm going to warn you right now, there will be a couple of long shot picks in Munich and in Bosnia. So stay tuned for that. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.